2: All of the stuff at the combine was, yes, evaluating prospects. We know behind the scenes, when they weren't having these secret meetings, they were talking with agents. They were establishing kind of expectation level there in terms of the marketplace, demands. And I think that in around the league, I don't know the level of surprise. In Chicago, I think it was almost like anticipation and and excitement when we found out that the Kansas City Chiefs would not apply the franchise tag on Orlando Brown Jr., the left tackle who came into the league as a third on draft pick with the Ravens, went to the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl, went from right tackle to left tackle, and now he's a free agent. Dan, any, any free agent list, wish list for the Bears, to me. Starts with Orlando Brown Jr. Do you agree or disagree?
1: No, I agree. And I've written this for a piece that will go live later in the week at ChicagoTribune.com that while the Bears are stressing practicality and discipline and patience and all the things that we'll talk about at greater length in this episode, you have a very ho-hum free agent class according to most people in the league. If you're going to go into an off season with a ho-hum free agent class, you better be able to pick off the top shelf at some point. And Orlando Brown is a proven pro bowl offensive tackle at a position of need for a quarterback who would like to feel a lot more comfortable in what is going to be a defining season in his career development. And so I think you have to take a big swing at that. Now, look, Ryan Poles has been very clear that he's going to have value buckets and he's going to have parameters on what he thinks guys in the free agent market are worth. And he's willing to be flexible to some extent on overpaying when it feels like it's right to overpay, but then there's going to be a ceiling on some of it. And so I'm going to be really interested to see how, how he approaches this specific player in the market because the Bears should be able to come the hardest at a guy like Orlando Brown. Ryan Poles, who had one year of overlap with Orlando Brown in, in Kansas City, should have some good inside intel on what makes him tick and what he's good at, what he's bad at, uh, all these other things that should be able to help negotiations. And so let's just see how they go through this, because I do think that if you're going to try to swing big and make one big splash, this certainly would be one that would make sense to a lot of people.
2: You've dealt with this question probably on social media, maybe even on the air during your stint on 670. But when you hear people say, well, you know, we didn't have a great year. And if you watch the playoffs, <laughs> he wasn't that productive. And you know what? He's uh, he's a guy who took a step back. We're just looking to uh, pro football focus. His grades aren't as good as some other guys. And he's not an elite offensive tackle.
1: I have my own answers, but what's your first reaction? Well, my first reaction is show me the elite players on the Chicago Bears. The general manager was asked for them in January and said, maybe Cole Komet in a couple years, you know, basically that was the answer. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers here and the Bears have to add um, reliable Difference-making starters to their team. To Ryan has used the phrase stair step. He wants to stair step this thing up to a point where they can sustain success. Well, you have to start small, and you know you have to, to start somewhere, I guess. And, and Orlando Brown would at least give you a level of confidence up front. Now, look, he can play both sides. I think if you were going to make a, a offer for him for a huge contract, you. would preferably want to play him on the left you could hope that Braxton Jones could convert to the right but if those guys felt like they had to switch sides there's versatility with both of them to to toy around with and you just you have to go do something and if you're going to find uh you you know you're going to poo poo one of the guys that's in the top five of every free agent top 100 free agent list that there is right now for this class well then who are you going to be excited about when they go out next week and, and sign a bunch of bodies
2: he would instantly become your best offensive player at any position. He would be the most accomplished offensive player you bring uh, into your team, into the building. That's not saying a lot. I I understand. Um, He would want probably north of $20 million. You do have close to 100 under the cap. So it's not as if you couldn't afford it. And I think everything is about alternatives. What is the alternative? Is it sticking with Braxton Jones? Is it going out and getting Mike McGlinchey at right tackle? Is it somebody else from the Jaguars or the Falcons or somebody else who might not have as high of a ceiling? I don't know, but I do think you have to aim big and be ambitious and you have to be consistent. And if Ryan Poles is is going to be as ambitious and aggressive as he sounds when he's talking about the, the draft uh, capital that he's going to acquire, I want him to be to take the same approach to free agency and swing big because I think Orlando Brown Jr. is a guy that wanted to play left tackle for Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs. He almost demanded it because he wasn't happy on the right side. If that's the guy that, you know, wants that role, I think that you can pay handsomely and let him play that role in Chicago.
1: By the way, we can talk about the ice rink that was in Glendale for the Super Bowl, but the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl uh, and didn't give up a single sack against a, a, a pass rush in an Eagles defense that had 70 during the regular season. And so in the biggest stage, they, they found a way to protect their best player and the best player in the league, and they won the biggest trophy there is. So, you know, look, like you, you, we can pick holes in everybody and it's going to happen in free agency. It's going to happen in the draft, but you have to have, you have to start somewhere. Uh, and it certainly would be one that I'd hope they'd be heavily involved in. And, and then, you know, David, there is a point where if some other team says, hey, we're one piece away, you know, and we're going to overspend, overspend, overspend. There is a point where Ryan has to say, look, like that's that's just too rich for my blood and I'm going to step away and I'm going to find other answers in the form of a, you know, Juwan Taylor or, a, a, you know, a, a Caleb McGarry or Mike McGlinchey.
2: Those, those are all good alternatives. Those are better alternatives than anything they have right now. It just makes too much sense because he also is the right age. If you're talking about looking at the window for Justin Fields, if you're going to see it through, mm-hmm. then Orlando Brown Jr. drafted in the third round of the 2018 draft is just about entering his prime theoretically, even though he has had a lot of success. The other pushback that I was surprised to get from some football people, a couple people that um, I know, and, and obviously this has been out there, I did, wasn't aware on social media, the suggestion that the Bears don't have a great scheme or it's not a scheme ideal for Orlando Brown Jr., Which to which I responded was, then change your scheme. If you can't find a way to make it work for a left tackle that is as accomplished as he is at his stage of his career, the way that you did for your quarterback who was special, then I don't know if you're getting the point of the exercise. But Tom Thayer, somebody who does know something about offensive line play, who does know something about offensive schemes, the Bears analyst uh, joined the Mollinghaw Show on Wednesday morning, and I asked him about scheme-specific things and whether or not that makes sense with Orlando Brown Jr.
3: The thing I liked about Orlando Brown when he came aboard at Kansas City is he made the requirement that he played left tackle because they were bringing him aboard to see if he would play right tackle. And he said, no, I, this is the position I'm comfortable with. This is where my confidence lies. And you see the results of the last couple of years. Now, it isn't an anomaly when you're sitting there playing with an unpredictable well, or super talented quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and more throughout the development of his career uh, a little bit farther along than Justin, so I think it would be, yeah. I mean, Orlando would know how to uh, figure in the development of Justin and also be a part of uh, what they would hope to still be a, you know, a positive running game as much as anything that Justin's going to provide. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be against Orlando Brown, and he would be an interesting guy to look at. don't believe in it. I mean, you can play or you can't play in scheme to an offensive tackle really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot of difference unless you're going back to the mouse Davis run and shoot where you have to control fatigue as much as you as you do results of the play. So, you know, talking about uh, a scheme, you know, in in terms of having an experienced offensive tackle and there's a scheme that the guy can play in and he can't play in, I don't buy that. I I just, I don't know if that's just an excuse to, you know, overlook the guy or um, just something that maybe somebody's saying behind closed doors because I'm
1: not a big believer in that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/recommend today.
2: What you couldn't hear there, Dan, was Molly and I high fiving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, right? I, like, look, like Tom Thayer is as as uh, wise of an offensive line mind as you're gonna you're gonna find. Um, I think we're in agreement that that this is just something where the Bears have to be able to figure out a path into free agency that that upgrades their team. I think the phrase that you've heard Ryan Poles use a lot is move the needle. Well, that needle, David, is at E right now. The Bears finished 2022 with 14 losses and the uh, owners of the number one overall pick. You've got to get that at some point in 2023, closer to half a tank for your championship drive. And and you need players that move the needle, in Ryan's words. And and Orlando Brown, I think, in my opinion, is a guy that would move the needle for you on offense.
2: Okay, moving on to the other side of the ball, the defensive line, which I think is either – priority one or one a, you know, you can make the argument. It's a higher priority than the offensive line, even though there might be more uh, elite or talented players available on the offensive line. What do you think? I want to ask you about two guys who might be at the top of their list, who would also be somewhat pricey uh, and might be out of the price range. So you have from the Broncos, a guy who fits ideally the three technique we've talked about him before. Draymond Jones is out there and from the Eagles Javon Hargrave will be out there as well. Dan, what do you think about the pursuit of either one of those two guys? And what are you hearing?
1: Well, Draymond Jones fits the bears profile a little bit more just in terms of the age. You know he's 26 years old, and he's going to be uh, capable of having a run that that would allow you to have him as part of your core when it's time to be good. <laughs> you know, in 2023 isn't the Bears the Bears time to be good? And so Javon Hargrave is now in his 30s. He's a great player. He's certainly worth kicking the tires on and, and and figuring out if if that's something you want to do. But both of those players again are 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 guys that would fill a need. You and I have been talking for months now about let, let's rebuild the trenches. Let's figure out what it looks like inside offensive line, defensive line. How can you stabilize this? football team in that way. Um, And so, both of those guys are certainly there. Now, this is something we'll get into in a minute. This volume of salary cap space that the Bears have going into this free agent flea market is also accompanied by a volume of needs on their roster. And one of the things that I think has gotten lost in the conversation is how many spots they actually need to fill. You know, you go look at how the salary cap Space is, is calculated, and they at this point in the year they take the, the, the top 51 contracts that are uh currently in your building. Well, let me read you, David. Some of these guys who are, are in that formula right now in the top 51 for the Bears it's names like Jerry Green, Kellen Deesh, Donovan Jeter, AJ Thomas, Demarcus Gates. Uh, Jake Tongies, Joe Reed, uh, you know, raise your hand what, as soon as I name somebody that you've heard of before. And I bring that up just to say that look like you have to supply the bottom of your roster just as much you have to, as you have to supply the top of your roster with players, with guys who can be competitive. You're going to add a draft class, maybe, you know, 10 or 11 deep in April that you're going to want to, you're going to have to pay some of those guys. You're going to have to pay depth pieces and backups. And so I, I, I'm not pooh-poohing the idea that the Bears have a ton to work with and they've got a ton of flexibility and freedom in free agency, but just know that they have a lot to do. And I say that because the, the the more you listen to Ryan Poles and the more you hear the words discipline and patience and value come out of his mouth, you understand that he may be kind of tiptoeing into this thing and and, and not so hell-bent on, on – buying headlines in the first week of free agency as he is playing the value game in the second wave of free agency and then trying to figure out how do we get this thing stable and sturdy so we go into the draft without as many glaring needs.
2: It's an excellent reminder, and we'll have to remember that next week early on when we're doing this podcast and people are wanting us to uh, report some news and to analyze the signings, and it's like, well, not yet. Not, <laughs> things are moving slower than you want, and I, I anticipate that. I think it's going to be more of a deliberate process. I don't know that they're going to jump in. And, and I even think with a guy like we talked about Orlando Brown Jr., there's going to be several suitors for him. It's right. going to take a while before I think he sifts through the offers and makes a decision. What, your point about the bottom of the roster could not be more um, uh, relevant and something people also need to remember. The Bears 53-man roster right now is sponsored by Google. <laughs> because you just don't know who these guys are without checking. It's like where are these, where'd they come from? And and so they've got to keep that in mind as they replenish and restock. So you know, we can talk about the top of the list, the priorities. And I and I like, you know, I like Draymond Jones, but so so probably do 10 other teams. I, I like Javon Hargrave, but so do probably, you know, six to eight other teams who view him as the piece that puts them over the top. The age difference in them, 26 to 30, is, is, I think, important to remember because if you're polls and you want to bring people in who are still ascending and maybe not have peaked, you're not paying. For past performance as much as you are for future production, that's the ideal. That's what every general manager wants. But you got to be especially careful if you're Ryan Poles.
1: You're right, and and one of the things that Ryan has has also said is that there's a time to strike in free agency, and the time to strike in free agency usually is when you are one or two pieces away, and you're like, this is this is it, like this is the one that puts us over the top. I call it uh, splurge and surge mode. You know where, where you go out, you spend a bunch, and then you surge, you you make that last little express uh, express lane run at winning the championship well the bears are nowhere near there and they have to keep themselves open for 2024 and 2025 so you don't need to to use all this salary kept space in 2023 you can keep yourself open you have to remember that you've got some in in in-house homegrown talent and guys like jalen johnson and cole Komet and darnell mooney who will probably want extensions sooner than later in an ideal world you see enough out of chase claypool in 2023 to want to extend him and get, you know get back the return on investment of trading away that number 32 overall pick for his services oh, by the way, Chicago, as your imagination gets wild for you, you're going to have to keep an eye on the quarterback market this offseason because if Justin Fields becomes the player that most of the city crowned him as in 2022, guess what that's going to cost you? That's a mega deal on the horizon. And let me just tell you that that guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to go into that marketplace this offseason and, and reset what top tier quarterbacks in this league are worth. And so you have to, if you're Ryan Poles, you have to, be preparing for that whether it's whether it's in the you know uh, summer or fall of 2024 or sometime in 2025 if Justin is your forever guy you're gonna have to pay him an awful damn lot of money to keep him here for a long time
2: and we also may be in the midst of redefining what a guarantee is on a contract and how much the right quarterback is worth guaranteeing to be continued and that's those are great points (sighs)
0: spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com